This is the Sarah Swain Show, where we talk all things bold and courageous business and have big and free conversations with brave humans. Nothing is off the table here, so get ready to be moved, challenged, empowered, and propelled into action. Kid Carson, welcome. Sarah Swain, happy to be here. This is good. So normally I'm on your show because for a while there, I think I was your unofficial political commentary, which I think that in the fall we should probably bring back. <laughs> yeah. Well, and now you, you're here. You're our political BFF. Yeah. 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 Happy to have that role. Definitely not something I ever planned in my life. But as a result <laughs> of all of these political rants, I now have people like you in my space. So awesome. it's awesome. Yeah. I'm excited well, to talk to you. I'm happy to be here. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm so happy to have met you, to be honest. I want to say that right off the top because um, as we mentioned in our very first chat together, it can be so isolating when you wake up and you go through this like weird morning process where you let go of what you thought the world was mm -hmm. or you just thought that really smart, intelligent, caring, loving people had your best interest. And then when you realize that's not happening and then you're thrown into this pit of darkness and you sort of look around and you're like, hey, where's all the other people that see that this is wrong and no one's there and you start to question your own sanity and yep. all the stories just skip ahead an hour of my ramble right to the end. You meet people like Sarah Swain mm -hmm. and you go, Oh my God. And you cling to them <laughs> and you just, <laughs> you go, Oh my God. Okay. I'm not crazy. Yeah. Thank you. We can uh, talk about these things and um, you know, release all the, the stuff that gets bottled up yeah. inside of your mind, you know? God. So well said. I, that's been my exact experience too. <laughs> that mm. period of darkness where, um, yeah, I, I would describe it as I'd be at like a level 9.9 out of 10 by about seven in the morning. Right. Um, because I felt like I had no one to talk to that yeah. wouldn't question my sanity, that uh, wouldn't tell me to be quiet or stop talking about disturbing things. And isolation is the word, man. Like it was yeah. probably one of the loneliest periods of, of my life. So, I get it. When all of a sudden we find each other, it's like, we just cling to each other's legs and we're like, Oh, thank God you're here. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> just being able to have open conversations without feeling so guarded, I think yeah. is something that we didn't realize how much we needed until we found it. Mm -hmm. The other thing I found quite surprising, I wasn't expecting at all. The, the morning you have of the people that you used to mm -hmm. confide in or talk mm -hmm. about your things that were on your mind. We all have things that when we're, when our hearts start to feel heavy and you have that, that best friend or two um, that you normally would go to and suddenly they are no longer a person that um, wants to hear. Yeah. You just kind of alluded to it. Like stop talking about crazy things or the person who just, Oh, you're, you're kind of, they just, they're very dismissive and you're going, wow, you're like one of my best bros. Yeah. And you're just not, if we're not on this journey together, it's a weird feeling because suddenly you're, you're alone, but then you're extra alone because you don't have these people that have always been your you ride or die. Yeah. You, you don't know? have your safe space anymore that, that, that was there. And um, I didn't realize the grief that I was feeling. Um, you mentioned mourning and it's like, yeah, I, uh, through working with my therapist, I had to peel back what was underneath my anger because Anger was the the emotion that was coming to the forefront for me. I was angry that people weren't seeing what was happening. I was angry that people weren't willing to listen to me. I was angry that I felt so lied to about how the world works. I was angry that there were people doing this to us and, and lying about it and tricking people. And this anger I felt was just so intense. But underneath that anger, the, the next big thing was grief. Um, because of that, the, the loss of people in my life has been unbelievable. Uh, and just that, that sense of safety that then goes, because you don't know who you can talk to. You don't know who you can turn to, you don't know who will hold space for you to be able to unravel and in, in all of the emotions and all the concerns for what you're seeing. Um, and that's, a, that's something I don't think people are talking about a lot yet. Cause I don't think a lot of people have come to terms with the fact that we have been in mourning for not just loss of people in our lives, but loss of the way that we believed the world was, loss of what we thought our futures were going to be like, loss of uh, what we felt 
were unconditional support systems. Um, So I'm glad you brought that up, but this is exactly why when we find people, um, these relationships are so dear to me. I'm so grateful for you. Uh, And just, and Hanan and, and just, it's just, ah, such a relief. So we stumbled upon each other in random ways because <laughs> I think you and your wife found my video and then I heard about you getting kicked out of your job in a very public way. And it's interesting how when we both choose to use our voices in different ways, that is ultimately how we start to find communities. So for those that may not know who the hell Kid Carson is, um, do you want to give like a 20 second snapshot of what you've done your entire life and sure. what happened to make that all go away? <laughs> okay. I've had one of the most luckiest radio careers out of anyone that I know. I grew up as a little boy dreaming of talking on the radio and I somehow made that happen. And I've had some of the greatest jobs. I've done a lot of morning radio. I worked in Toronto. I worked in Vancouver and built up this incredible bond with my, with my listeners years over, you know, over years. Um, It's really hard to do this in 20 seconds, Sarah. I know 20 years and 20 seconds. I I thought podcasts were supposed to be, you have like an hour. (laughs) This is too much. I can't even think of what to say. No, um, I, I had this great career doing morning radio and I built that career basically on, on being curious and being a little bit sensational and also being as authentic as I possibly could. So I would talk about, you know, in my single days, getting stood up or, you know, all those weird things that people don't normally want, those embarrassing things you don't want to talk about. I was always heavy into doing that, heavy into asking questions and being curious about all sorts of things like, you know, 9-11 or different fun conspiracy things that I would always say with a twinkle in my eye, knowing that people would go, oh, that kid Carson, he's so crazy, but I'm, I want to hear more. Um, So doing that for, you know, 20 years, I I got doing morning radio when I was in my early twenties, I was still like a a puppy. I didn't think so at the time, (laughs) but now here I am, uh, you know, crushing 40 and I've then suddenly have become fully awake to what's going on. Mm-hmm. And suddenly it wasn't cool to, to be curious or question. And ratings, I mean, you're sensational, ratings go up. So that was always a, one of the tricks in my wheelhouse. Like, oh, do you hear about this crazy conspiracy theory? And, and ratings go up. People love that stuff. But suddenly for the first time, you know, this, this past uh, couple of years, whenever I'd bring up a question like, hey, isn't it weird? Like, you know, there's a study that says masks only do this, yet we're all being forced to do masks. Maybe they don't work. And suddenly it was, this is not okay. You're dangerous. You're misinformation. You're all these new labels that they have. And eventually, even talking about, you know, digital ID and the possibility of what digital ID could be would get me yanked into a, an office somewhere and, and basically my job threatened. And I thought, oh my, everyone's like, this is a thing we're all dealing with. We're all dealing with, you know, the potential of having a QR code or this or that, or like never in human history have we been gone gone through something like this. This should be the topic of my show every day. We're all going through it. But they want me to stick to the whole Rod Stewart turned 200 years old this morning. Good morning, everybody. Like the whole typical radio spiel. And I just, I couldn't do it anymore. And I tried to play nice until finally I just, I, you know, I guess I said one thing too much and I was fired. And that that wasn't 20 seconds. That wasn't 20 seconds. It was worth it though. It's amazing that dangerous is a word that people were using to describe you for doing what you have always done, which is ask questions, have the interesting conversations, be a thought provoking individual, give something, uh, give someone something to chew on, you know, really think about like, ah, I haven't really considered it or looked at it from that angle. That's what you did your entire career. And then all of a sudden, uh, for whatever reason, this topic was completely taboo. I too have been referred to as dangerous for doing the exact same thing, just in a completely different platform. So when it came time for all of a sudden you got the final notice that, all right, kid, uh, you're done here after you really 
aired your final concerns on air and I, I, I guess just kind of accepted what was going to come your way. What was that day like for you? I mean, I, I remember watching the countdown clock, you know, in a radio station, you can see, okay, there's 30 seconds left in the song, 29, 28. And there's a sort of this build up to when you're going to talk next. And, you know, as it gone down to the 10 second mark, I could feel my, you know, my heart started to race a little bit. And our sort of behind the scenes producer who was looking at me through a, a glass window in the next room, if you can sort of visualize that, um, had no idea what was coming. So I knew that as soon as they started to speak, if I, as I glanced up, I knew I was going to see his face, the blood drain <laughs> as he goes pale and his jaw starts to drop. And he's a real yes guy, very for the narrative. He's probably got eight jabs by now. So I knew this would really rock his world. And I was already also on my own. My, my co-host had left, you know, I think a couple of months prior because he was just having such a difficult time during this pandemic. So after Christmas, he said, dude, I can't come back. Like, I'm just, I need to step away because he was dealing with his own mm -hmm. mental health stuff. Yeah. And he was also my real life, uh, you know, best buddy since high school. So we had this really close bond doing the show. We always had each other to talk about stuff, the stuff that we couldn't talk about on the air, like the really hardcore stuff, you know? And so he was gone. I'm doing the show alone. I'm like finally at the end of my rope. And um, yeah, so I'm like already kind of exhausted. We're doing this final, uh, this, I don't, I, I mean, I hope that it wouldn't be my final message, Sarah. I kind of hoped that me just posing these questions would sort of, you know, you fantasize about this uprising of people are going to message the station and the, the bosses are going to say, wow, maybe we should be the one radio station in the country that can actually ask questions and, and be curious. And I personally thought that would have been a ratings winner. Personally. I do think it would have been, but right? anyway, yeah. Well, I had yeah. that little fantasy, but you know, um, and then I went on, said my thing. Um, I obviously knew that this was probably gonna be my last day because I, uh, you know, I, I gave the old plug podcast a plug <laughs> like, Hey, if I'm ever not here, find me on Spotify. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it was, it was, you get an adrenaline rush and then you sort of know at that point, after this moment, I will always have to question when I meet someone, do they think that I'm crazy or not? And that's actually one of the toughest parts to this day. Yeah. And I'm picking up my kid from school. Does that other kid's parent think I'm crazy? You know, when my little Max, who's, who's just turned five years old, wants to have a play date with his friend, uh, well, yeah. does their mom think I'm nuts and doesn't want their kid coming over to our house? All these things. Yeah, I knew that that would be the situation. And um, the, the, the real motivator, I think, behind wanting to say something, because I could have just shut up, is that, you know, because I'd gone through that entire experience of being isolated and so alone and second guessing, like, am I crazy? Um, I knew that there's so many other people, there are millions of people feeling super isolated. Mm -hmm. And if you don't see yourself represented in, there's something about mainstream media still. I mean, I know it's losing its cachet, yeah. but there's just something about it. When you see it in the mainstream, it's somehow got the stamp of, you know, approval, this weird, mm -hmm. I don't know what, you know, but, you know, and, and I think it's important to have the, another view like just represented so that you yeah. feel almost like like okay my opinion is validated or, or matters or I, I don't feel i've been acknowledged like oh my god because we're we're acknowledged in truth or accounts on instagram or discord groups or mm -hmm. private apps we can go places but what's in mainstream there's something different about it it's true and yeah so i so i i knew that if i could at least say something and, and it's weird because in mainstream we represent all sorts of different people, like shapes, sizes, colors, religion. We make sure these like news channels make sure that they've got an anchor who is represents this type. You know, you have your audience reflected in your presenters, your anchors, your story selection. Mm -hmm. you try to represent everyone. I mean, that's just a, a smart programming move. 
Um, but no one, any sort of media in the mainstream was even questioning like, you know, hey, have we gone too far with this? Or let's have a debate about that. Or like, why wasn't there someone like anti-vax and pro-vax or whatever you want to say? Why weren't they having a, a live debates on TV yeah. discussing this stuff? I mean, are you kidding me? It's the biggest thing that's happened in human history. And we're not allowed to talk about it. We can't have smart discourse. It was so dumb. So I, I thought, okay, I at least want to say something on my show so that people can feel like, like plant a seed with people like, oh, thank God. Um, sorry, that was a long ramble, but that's sort of what was going through all my mind in that moment, in that morning. And also that I've got like a family, I've got two kids. Yeah. So I've got two young kids and an older uh, stepdaughter who's a teenager. And so you're just sort of, you're also taking a leap of faith that people will follow you into a new space. It is a leap of faith. And, yeah. you know, I, if I had have been listening to your radio show or any radio show or any mainstream media outlet, and all of a sudden I heard someone say what I had been thinking about, what I've been brewing about, what I've been fiercely concerned about and I heard someone say it all of a sudden I think if I had have heard your segment that day I probably would have collapsed in tears mm -hmm. so there's no doubt in my mind that you had that effect on people listening that day maybe not as much maybe more so as the opposite effect of the other people who uh, undoubtedly thought that you had completely lost your mind. Um, that reel or, or video that you put up on your Instagram, where there was like these various little media clips of anchors and radio hosts covering what kid Carson did on his show. And, and someone questioned your mental health. Um, and I, I thought, wow, but at the same time, they have the loudest voices because they're allowed to talk about it from their narrative. So this uh, leap of faith that you talk about, I feel as though so many people will be able to relate to this. If, if maybe the listeners have chosen to start using their voices or, or taken their platforms and turned it into something that validates what other people might be feeling, that's exactly what it feels like is a leap of faith. There's this weird feeling in your gut that tells you that even though you are walking figuratively into a burning building and everything logically speaking says, don't do this, you're going to ruin everything, your reputation, your income, your relationships, your professional network. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. There's still something though that trumped that and said, do it anyway. So when you did the thing and when you gave your producer a stroke and when you lost, you got the final notice that you were, you're out kid. We can't do this with you anymore. We can't have you saying this stuff on air. When you got home that day, uh, what was going through your mind? Like, did you have a moment of, oh shit. Like I, I, I just, made the biggest mistake of my life or were you flooded with a sense of relief that it was finally out there? Like, how are you feeling? Well, I was lucky enough to be bombarded with messages on Instagram, uh, a very strong love, hate relationship with that platform. Same. <laughs> but on that day and that week, uh, it was love. I, I had so many nice thousands of messages that uh, I just, I, I'm still getting to them. I mean, it's just, uh, I'm not used to having, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't know how celebrities do it with like millions of followers. Like, I guess they just don't check it or have people do it. I don't know. I do all my own stuff like, like you do. And, and just manually going through each, each message and trying to reply. And, and I was probably teary eyed for like a week straight of people sharing stories like just like what you described like i heard it and i just started crying or i was in the car and like my my, my and i'm so glad my kids were with me because they heard it we listened to you every morning and we felt so alone and you said this thing messages that i will i will take to the grave i will never forget them 
I'll never forget the feeling that I had from those messages. I just feel so lucky that, um, that people not only felt what they felt, but then they took the time to like, tell me that, that, uh, that they felt that way. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. So there was this high that I rode, you know, I, I went from, you know, a respectable 30,000 followers to like 70,000. And I was just like, wow, I'm not used to this sort of, I mean, I'm not, it's, it's that's a lot of uh, traffic and messages and things happening. Um, so that sort of carried me through the, the panic week of like, oh my God. Panic week. We should, we should really coin that term panic week. We get like a support group in for people when it's like, when they're, when we know that they're going to open their mouths, be like, okay, panic week, here's your toolkit. Oh, you just wake up. Oh, are you still in panic week? Okay. Oh, you said something. Okay. Yeah. Don't worry. Your panic week can be fine. It's fine. It's only seven days. Oh man. So that really carried me through. I mean, it really carried me through. And then I just started, I mean, and then I go back to the first couple podcasts that I started doing from my kids playroom. It's so hilarious to watch. Like, I don't know how to use a green screen and I'm trying to interview people like this. And like, I'm, I'm sort of disappearing like a ghost, like every five seconds. And it's like, <laughs> it's just the worst. The lighting's awful. Like I look back and I go, Oh my God, I actually thought people were going to like watch this. <laughs> like, it's just, Oh my God. It's like, if you knew sometimes, how crazy things would be, you maybe wouldn't take the leap, you know, because it's just, you almost have to be naive enough yes. just to believe that it's going to be fine. It's going to be great. And that's what gives you the courage. It's being a little bit, you know, ignorant. Oh, yeah. To, uh, Super out of yeah. touch with how it's actually going to be, I think, is right. the key to most people's success. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I'm experiencing that right now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was so those messages. And I mean, lesson, side note. If you have someone that you follow that that says something inspiring and maybe it's a little bit on the edge um, and you're moved by it, like don't underestimate the power of dropping them a quick message. Mm. Like sometimes we go, oh, I'm sure they're getting lots of messages or you just scroll on. But no, send them a quick message. You go, hey, just watched your message. Like, thank you. Made my day or anything. Because people will scroll and they will read it and you will give them more strength. And I'm a recipient of so much strength from other people. So um, super grateful if anyone's listening to this now that, that sent me a message that week or recently. Um, it makes a big difference. It does. Um, we started doing the same with my platforms, both on my personal account and on Trailblazer. And I'm glad you said that because I, I do think that people really underestimate the power of of sending a note of appreciation or gratitude or or just thanks or someone saying i see you um we started screenshotting those messages that came in and we and we put them in a folder mm-hmm. on our drive and the reason we did that was because when i would hit those hard days mm-hmm. and those moments of sheer terror and fear would ensue of how am I going to get through this? You feel the weight of the world on your shoulder. Some days when you choose to speak up about something, you take a lot of heat, (laughs) Mm. you get uh, some nastiness coming your way from some angry and hateful people. And that little folder of screenshotted messages is still there. Uh, and we still add to it because it's almost like my little safety tank mm. when I need that reminder that I'm okay, I'm safe, I'm surrounded by the most incredible humans in my in my network and my community now. And it's interesting how easy it is to get so hyper focused on that one asshole that mm. says something so gross to you that it really attacks your character not just something that you said or it's just a disagreement disagreements i think we're all mature enough to be able to handle and that um you know conversational uh discourse i think we're all mature enough to be able to handle but when attacks on your character come in uh, you could have a thousand beautiful messages of support and 
you forget about them that moment that that one nasty one comes in. So yeah, true. And they come for your soul. They do. It's like, like man, do you want to take out my family too? Like, <laughs> it's so it's true. Tough. It's funny how the human mind is like that. Yeah, it's so weird, right? That we uh, will cling to that one message, get a thousand good ones and one bad one, and yeah, I we, can obsess over that for hours. I think it it it's because it triggers our our security and our survival, mm. and that's at least my thoughts. I we should bring Mark Groves into this conversation. He's a psychology yeah. dude, but. <laughs> You'd be like, this is what's actually going on in your brain. I, but that's that's what it is for me. It's like, what is it about this that is that is impacting me so much? And and when you really peel back the layers, it's for me, it has a lot to do with security of of am I safe? Am I going to be okay? Do I have to watch my back when I go into public? Is my business going to survive this? Is my income going to survive this? Am I going to be able to contribute to my household? And all these things come it's just because one D-bag decided to say something so heinous. So that's why I got my little folder of nice messages. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's a great this is a a tip I could have used from you maybe a couple months ago. Yeah, go back and start screenshotting <laughs> them all. <laughs> Make yourself a little love tank in a, in a drive somewhere. But, but, but we're making it seem so scary, but let's remind people that like as you shed people certain people and some of them were, were very close to you and as you do get you know attacked and as you do get filled with worries of like okay does this person think i'm nuts does that person think i'm nuts there are these other people who i guess i guess well i guess we started off with this there are other people that come into your life and it's like your tribe finds you i think i've said that a million times i've never really used that phrase in my life ever until this well, I think it's something that we all like intellectually understood, like your vibe attracts your tribe. We're like, yeah, but then I don't think any of us had truly experienced what that actually means and what it actually feels like when it happens. Hmm. Um, and I don't know that I would have without uh, in- enduring something like this myself. I've I've built communities in the past um, and nothing has felt uh, as safe and secure and as loving, uh, and accepting, um, as the, the one that's formed around us now. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's made me think like, well, what has been so different? Like why, why this network? Why, why this group of people, why are they coming into my space? And I think when you, you strip it all down, um, it's our value systems that are are magnetizing us towards one another. And our value systems are something that either may not have been so obvious as they as they are now, um, or may have been buried under uh, just keeping the peace and not stirring the pot and not wanting to. Uh, you know, disrupt other people's levels of comfort with you and the things that you believe in. But these value systems of of you know integrity, speaking up, doing the hard thing when it's when it's not <laughs> not easy or or seeming fair or anything like that, or um, the the way in which we hold freedom so so dearly to us has come rushing to the forefront. And I believe it's that value system that has vibrated out from all of us. And it's almost like I called it the bat signal at one point on my Instagram, just to help people illustrate. It's like you're, when you start to shine on those things that are so critically important to you, um, other things stop mattering so much. And some of those things were connection points that we had with other people. But when you put it up against these things that feel like the whole universe. That's how important they are to you. Mm-hmm. Um, they start to pale in comparison, and and uh, the the those bonds that we had over those other things, um, in comparison, are not as strong as the ones that were forming around our core values. Yeah, and we keep mentioning that, like this isolation that you feel, it is a feeling because you really aren't alone. Mm-hmm. It's just, everyone is like afraid to say something 
because they're like another fear of being judged. But it's amazing how many of us there are. Yeah. Like it's so you go, oh my God. It's it's like suddenly you just find that brave moment to say something or post something on Instagram that's like just just a slight like curious mm, question about is <laughs> this a really fair thing for Trudeau to do? And then it's like, boom, people just show up. Everyone takes off their mask and goes, DMs. Oh my God, thank God I was thinking the same thing. And you're like, oh my God. Oh, well, suddenly this, when we say your tribe shows up, they, it shows up in waves. waves. And you're like, oh, you're like, oh my God. Oh, oh yes. Okay. And then you can slowly, you start to feel like, okay, you're, you're, you're a little more brave now because um, it's not like you're alone trying to convince, you know, thousands of other people who are going to think you're nuts. You're going to get the stragglers who are like nutty. <laughs> Most people would sort of like just disappear. Mm -hmm. But then the people who are have been also bottled up with questions, suddenly it's like the floodgates open and they just. Yes. So that's the experience. So on the other side of the, the fear and the isolation and the, that, that loneliness that you feel before you've said anything, that is like the dark, 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 dark time. And then suddenly it's like, yes. You make a couple peeps and then the back door opens and like a bunch of people rush in and go, Hey, cool. Some of them are yeah. like, welcome to the club. Others are like, Oh my God, thank you for saying something. I wanted to say something. Um, mm -hmm. And that is a beautiful, it's a beautiful experience. It's terrifying. And then it's beautiful. And then it's like, I, I can't believe the number of people that um, like the, the, the bond I feel with you, Sarah yeah. is like, um, and, and we've never met in person. I can't wait till we eventually do that. I'm going to be a huge hug. Yep. Um, it's, it's just that I just feel like closer to you than like far closer than I should, considering the, the amount of time that we've known each other. Yeah. The feelings it's like, mutual. It's, it's this instantaneous trust and safety mm, and mm. knowing that you don't have to question. And mm. it's so refreshing to have relationships like that. And it is super bizarre. Cause I think, 99.9% .9 of the people that are nearest and dearest to me now, I've literally never met before, mm. um, but I haven't needed to in order to have that depth of relationship with people that I think most people, unfortunately, don't get to experience because they're hiding so much mm. of themselves. Yeah. And I love that you talked about the illusion of isolation. And I get a lot of those messages saying like, I feel so alone, like whether their, their family thinks they're nuts or they're, you know, they can't talk to their friends about this stuff, or they're terrified to say something on their Instagram account because they don't want to get attacked by the mob, or they don't want their business to go down, or they don't want their clients to find out how they feel. Um, because the reality is those people that they're yearning to have those deep relationships with the safety, the security, they're literally everywhere in your space right now. They mm. just have no idea how you feel mm. because you're not saying anything. And if you don't put out your bat signal, then it's going to continue to feel like you're alone. So you're bang on when you say that that, that darkest period is that time where you're not uh, saying something, whether it's publicly like, like you and I, it's basically our entire world. Now <laughs> this is, we wake up and this is what we do. This is our life now. Um, or it's just a matter of, you know, having the courage. If you're going out for wine night, can you, can you bring it, bring up something that's concerning you? And um, what I've suggested to people in the, in the past or in my DMS, when, when people ask me, you know, what, what do I do? Um, the pressure during that period of isolation and silence, I think the pressure is coming when we're trying to hold on to the responsibility of keeping our relationships intact. And we're trying to hold on to the responsibility of keeping our image intact and the way that people perceive us and our reputation and all those things. We're holding this massive responsibility to keep that intact when the reality is it's not our responsibility to manage how people feel about us. So the moment that we put down the responsibility and be like, it's actually your responsibility to figure out if you're going to stay with me or not. 
Mm. I can't make that choice for you. But when you let go of that responsibility and, and you realize that it's like, wow, it's actually none of my business, how people feel about me. It's none of my business, what they think, the stories that they're telling themselves about me. I can't even imagine the, the dinner conversations that you've been a topic of conversation. I've been a topic of conversation. There's nothing I can do about that. Trying to control how the public sees you or how your clients see you or how your friends and family see you is the most atrocious kind of pressure you can put on yourself. So when you let that down, you're like, oh shit, like I'm actually mm. not responsible for managing your perception of me. Well, that's mm. kind of freeing. Yeah. And then and you I'll just tell you, go ahead. It's such a huge fear. Everything you just said was so point like on point that when you do sort of if you're able to muster up the courage and just not care what people think about you, God, the, the people that care so much uh, who haven't been able to let go, whether they agree with you or not about what's happening in the world, God, there's a, a sense of envy that I think that they have. Where they go, God, this person just doesn't give two shits about what anyone thinks. God, I wish I could be like that. Yeah. yeah. Like, good for them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I've experienced it for myself. So sorry, go ahead. No, this, you, this is such an important conversation. Dr. Tina, do you follow her? No, Dr. Tina. Oh no. man, you're going to love her. So she was integral in me opening my eyes to both COVID and the vaccine. More so COVID. I started listening to her. She's a, a naturopath or a nutritionist. One of those two. And she's so no bullshit. And I was watching her just get attacked for any time she said something. I was like, the envy I had for her, because she was just, she would just keep standing. Mm. The attacks would come and she would just keep standing. She was so convicted in what she was seeing, the science that she was looking at, uh, her interpretation of things. And she would keep standing and she would push back. And I thought, wow, like, what is it like to be able to live your life like that and be able to take that kind of heat and to not waver in your value system and not waver in what you viscerally believe to be true. And I owe so much to her for just being that example for me. Not only was she teaching me how to interpret actual science using raw data, as opposed to what was being pumped to us on, you know, mainstream, she just by being so sure of herself, gave me permission to trust myself to do Mm -hmm. the same. And I'm so grateful for uh, people like Dr. Tina and so many others that uh, were onto this and talking about this ages before I ever even had a friggin' light bulb go off in my own brain, because that's what gives us a little bit of courage. It's like, okay, they're still, they're still alive and kicking <laughs> and they're still speaking and it's, they're still okay. Ish. Maybe I could be okay. Ish. If I do the same. Um, but what a gift it is when, when you can step into that power yourself yeah. It's not just the information that that you're sharing or that we're sharing. It's people are watching you, kid, and they're they're mustering up that courage too. They're like, he's okay. He survived arguably one of the most public cancellations in Canada, and you're still here, and you're okay, and you're now surrounded by the people that you want to be around and that want to be around you, and you have a newfound sense of freedom. I saw a meme and I immediately think of, of people like you. When I, when I see this meme, it says, uh, once, once you ruin your, your reputation, you've never known that kind of freedom or something along those lines where it's like, once, once you're like just out about all the things and, and everyone knows exactly where you stand, it's like in their eyes, your reputation is ruined, but the gift that you now have is freedom. Yeah. And more as, as more and more people wake up, like you never see people going back to the other side. No. And no Andre has, talked about that once. And I was like, damn, that is a good point. Yeah. You don't see people being like, never mind. I don't like freedom anymore. I'm going to go get four boosters. Like that's yeah. not happening. 
No. I think that's who I, I, I got that from Andre. I got from him. <laughs> thanks, Andre. Yeah, thanks, Andre. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, everything you just said, so so perfect. It's so perfect. And, and it's it's there is just so much love to be. It's like the anxiety peaks and then the love is just right there. So it's just about, uh, it's about how you want to question it. And, and I mean, you don't have to suddenly start hitting your Instagram account with like, you know, it's all lies and bullshit and Fauci. <laughs> oh my God. And Trudeau. It's like, just ask little questions. Like, yeah, you know, hey, screenshot an article and question mark. Hey, does this seem fair? Curious what That's you guys think. Yeah. Curiosity. Yeah. Super ask light. questions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How yeah. do you guys think of uh, lockdowns and, and the government saying, I can't go see my family for Christmas? What do you guys think about that? That was me yeah. in 2020. And I'm like, hmm, yeah. what do you guys think? <laughs> Agree or disagree? <laughs> yeah. Asking for a crazy person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting. But, you know, this whole fight for freedom, it, it's been uh, interesting to watch because there's a whole spectrum of of understanding what that means and what that means to individuals and um what what hurts me the most is seeing people rob themselves of the gift of freedom um, because these these measures are winning when it comes to silencing them or making them feel fearful of what may happen if they if they break their silence or start asking questions, God forbid. Um, because it is it is a a place in my life, and let me let me know if this is true for you too. I wouldn't trade this for anything. And I never even knew that this type of personal freedom, self-expression, um, true raw authenticity, I didn't know that that existed. It's like, I get it. Okay, we're going to be authentic. That's the right thing to do. I get it. Self-expression is important. I get it. But there was still, whether consciously or not, layers that I was still filtering myself hmm. yeah. um, without even really knowing it. Like I always thought of myself, I'm like, I'm pretty real. Like I'm pretty straight up. And that's how people would describe me. But it's like, I, I had only been scratching the surface and now this version of me has come out. Cause it's like, well, I got nothing to lose at this point. Like, as soon as you say something, it's like, here I am bitches. It's like, hmm. you got to figure out if you're sticking around for this or not, but just that ability to, be able to operate so freely because you know that you're not having to hide anything anymore. You know that you're not having to filter yourself anymore. I wish more than anything that more people would allow themselves to have access to what that feels like, because that is freedom. We talk so much about freedom in this movement and, you know, there's the, the government constructed freedoms and I don't re even really see those as true, true freedoms anymore. It's like, those are mine anyway, whether the government says I can have them or not, you can't take those things away from me. Um, but more people are, are concerned about their freedom to cross a border than they are about their freedom to be themselves. Mm. And I want mm. more people to have access to that. It's like when your thoughts match your words that match your actions. Yeah. And it's just mm. this beautiful alignment. Yeah. Oh my God. And I've, I used to love reading like books on psychology and, you know, great thought leaders talk about that, like matching up all those things. Cause a lot of us have these thoughts that we don't really say out loud because for whatever reason about anything it doesn't have to be political it doesn't have to be about the pandemic it can be just anything it can be anything an opinion on something mm -hmm. most of us don't have our thoughts in our mouths like in sync um and then another whole level of actually having your actions you know what you do um with those thoughts and with those things that you say but when they're all like happening god does it feel good that is really true freedom just what you described like i'm thinking that this is wrong i'm going to say this is wrong and then I'm going to do something to, uh, to you know, change something yeah. Or, yeah. or to lead by example, something, but yeah. yeah, that, that sense of alignment is, is freedom. Would you do anything differently? Like looking back on the last, we've been in this shit storm for like two and a half years, but I think, uh, probably for a lot of us, it really kicked into high gear after Christmas and the convoy um, so like what, if anything, would you change about anything you've 
done or decided? Um, or would you just be like, no, man, I'm, I'm good with the choices I made. I think I would have got my community app launched and ready before I quit on the air <laughs> or not even quit before I said the thing that got me fired. That would have been a better move. Maybe more strategic. Yeah. A little more strategy. Yeah. Having never run my own thing, um, I would have done that. Like I, I got this great momentum from Instagram. I went to 30,000 to like 70,000 followers. And I thought, oh my God, this is great. And now I've, and it took a few months for me to figure out what I was going to do with my new life, how I was going to, you know, I'm the breadwinner of the family. How am I going to keep all of this, uh, keep the party going, you know, like groceries and rent <laughs> and all those fun things. Um, it, it takes time to get that organized. But then I got shadow banned by Instagram and it's crazy. Even before Bill C-11 has even kicked in, and let's hope it doesn't happen, but you know, whether it happens or not, we're still being so deeply censored. Oh, it's already so bad. <laughs> It'll just make it official and make yeah. it amplified times a thousand. But like, if you don't realize, and if you're not speaking out, maybe you don't see it. But when it happens to you, it really is like, oh my God, I can't even connect with my 70,000 followers, people who want to see what I'm going to post next or talk about next. It is such a struggle. Um, warnings that pop up, this person's dangerous. Are you sure you want to tag them? Like it's, it's, it's happening. I get that for all my best friends these days. <laughs> <laughs> right. it's like, so I would have had my app ready to go while my traffic was still at an all time high. That's my one thing I would change. But other than that, I wouldn't change anything. I'm, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, we'll look back at this when we're really old and go, wow, hopefully we're saying, wow, remember when they tried to just introduce communism? Like, and we said, worldwide? like, and, and we, and we helped contribute to people waking up enough to, to stop it, you know? Um, so, cause that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. It's so crazy. I mean, we're all at different levels of, of waking up. And so for some people might, they might be thinking, whoa, hold off. That was like, you that was like me. Car talking to my family like beginning of 2021 they're like i don't understand i'm like it's global communism they're like sarah it's just a vaccine <laughs> I'm, like, yeah. I'm like no no i'm like this is this is kind of a big deal but yeah. yeah i i i share your sentiment of of i i i'm confident that one day we'll all be old as shit and sitting around talking about the 20s and being like man am i ever am i ever glad that i did what I did because that could have gone really, really bad had it not been for the people standing up and, and finding some courage and using their voices or challenging their politicians or whatever other actions people are taking publicly or privately. Do you think that you would have had the capacity though, to be able to like strategize a whole community and, and think about how you can really bring together people and like-minded people when you were in that period of, of darkness. Like I always look about that, that, that period of like, man, I wish I had have done this differently, but I reflect on how I was feeling during that particular time. I don't know that I had any energy or capacity or like heart, <laughs> anything to give to people. And um, that's where I find some compassion for myself I'm like, man, I wish I had figured that out sooner. I had had this ready to go. I was not okay enough, I don't think, to be able to have big visions mapped out and, and places for people to land. Because I don't think I had really landed anywhere yet. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I mean, you just jump. And <laughs> when you jump, the wind in your face and in your hair suddenly <laughs> gives you the alertness you need to figure yep. out how to pull the, the, the parachute. Yeah. Um, yeah. So true. That's how I, I think we're all figuring this out. We're all everyone. And I know that we're, we're in a, like a, a group message thing with, with a, a bunch of other sort of freedom fighters. And we're all trying to figure out how we can best mm -hmm. support each other and, and also figure out um, our each, our own ways to connect with the people that follow us. And um, we're all, we're all just figuring it out. That's it. Yeah. I, if there's anyone that's <laughs> listening and and they watch, uh, you know, Freedom Fighters online, thinking that we've got this big, you know, twelve month strategy mapped out about what we're going to do, and we're like, I don't think any of us 
have a good solid grasp on what comes next. I think that uh, surrounding ourselves with one another and and tapping into those support systems um, and just trusting ourselves that we're going to figure this out. We're smart people. Um, we're observant people. We can respond to the world around us. And, and we just trust that we're going to know what to do and when, um, as opposed to having this big solid action plan, how we're going to save mm-hmm. Canada. Um, it's kind of a day by day thing sometimes. Yeah. Um, before we sign off though, t- tell people about this community that you have been able to build after you got canceled <laughs> after Instagram nearly removed you from the face of the earth. You still managed to get this community up off the ground. Tell the listeners what it's all about. I first want to say thank you for allowing me to shamelessly plug my own endeavors. Plug away. Um, that's what's so great about this community is that like, you know, there is a thought that like, well, the very beginning, I'm like, well, would Sarah want me to plug my app? Because she's got her own app. Yeah. You know, and like you worry, is there going to be like a race to monetization with different people trying to do their their thing? And I just want to say how grateful I am that you are everything that I hoped you would be. Hmm. And uh, I'm I'm getting just even a little misty eyed. Just so am I. You're just wonderful. Thank you. And um, you're a beautiful soul. I'm uh, lucky to have found you. And, uh, nice. you know, I've learned so much from you just about politics and about being brave and bringing people together. Even before I launched my app, you were kind enough. I want people to know this about you. Behind the scenes, out of the lights, you uh, had a call with me and gave me your advice on how, uh, you know, different things. I had questions about like, well, you've done an app. How do I do it? And, and you were so kind with your time and generous. So thank you. Um, that means a lot, especially when you're going through a, a huge transition in your life. My pleasure, and, uh, friend. Okay, now I'm all congested. Great. Great. So uh, I'm going to get the Kleenex. <laughs> Listeners are probably like, oh my God. <laughs> what a- this is a special, this is oh, a special God. moment. Um, yeah. Oh. So like, listen, when you, when you do, you know, come out of your shell and you start speaking, you're a part of a community, you're, you're, you're joining a lot of people who are just really... You know, you're like you mentioned. You're, you're. What's the word you used? I don't know. I can't remember. I'm all emotional um, now. I know. I got all emotional. And I forgot my train of thought. Point is, yes, the app. Um, so I, I launched this app where I can have my my podcast and my live streams, and it's sort of like a little Instagram without the censorship. So you can you can post and you can like and you can comment and you can share. And I've got some resources there where you can post, I can post videos and documentaries that maybe, oh, if you're not seeing this one, check it out. Um, all sorts of things. I'm just kind of figuring it out as I go. And we've got um, a ton of people have joined so far. And um, it's brand new. It's only been out for about a week and a half. And yeah, so the whole idea is it's the, I want the community to be free. Yeah. So there's no barrier to entry. And, uh, you know, I grew up very, I spent most of my childhood on welfare, believe it or not. We just had a rough go and we moved a lot. And I was always so grateful when I was given access to things that normally we couldn't be able to afford, where someone would pull my mother aside and say, it's okay, your kids are taken care of. And and that um, has always stuck with me. And I I don't, I, I always want this ability to connect with other people. If you're feeling isolated and alone, I, I want you to be able to be a part of the community and um, share and connect and like and do all that stuff. Um, so what I've done is, uh, it's obviously, it's really expensive to run an app. I mean, um, thousands of dollars a month to, to just to keep the thing going. Um, so what I've done is I've added a, a subscription model where you can uh, choose to support. It's basically the real heart, at the heart of it, it it's to support a community and a place where we can all be free and just talk about stuff. Um, some people are going through a really rough time. They can't afford eleven ninety nine a month. I get that. I've tried to make it as uh, affordable as possible. But the people do that do subscribe will get bonuses like being able to watch my podcast be recorded live as it happens and get access to you know to the live streams and and the podcast. Um, so it's a bit of a subscription model. You can be in there for free and hang out, and your presence is completely appreciated. Uh, and if you can swing a few bucks a month, that will help us to keep community alive and expanding and growing. And yeah, I mean, there are millions of us that are feeling isolated that need to connect and don't know how. And Instagram doesn't seem to be the place anymore. 
And I fear it's going to get worse with Bill C-11 in the fall. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm sort of trying to build this little space as we all are. I think this will be a new trend. I think, um, you know, you've got your community and I think other people will, people want to get off uh, big tech. You know, it's like, we want to get off big pharma and big tech. So big everything. I love your app. I have it open right now on my phone. And I remember the first time I opened it, I was like, this is freaking dope. I love that you've got all these different groups. You want to talk about emergency prep. How funny is that? It's like, this is a topic of conversation. <laughs> How do we prepare for the, for the apocalypse? Let's go into this group and have a chat. There's like politics in here. Um, new world order. Let's just call it exactly what it is. Right. Like, let's have a conversation about it. social credit. Um, that was our topic of conversation on my episode with you. I was like, well, if I wasn't out and proud before about my thoughts, uh, this is official. But again, that that episode brought in the most incredible people into my space. So thank mm. you for giving me that space to talk to. Um, this is a really cool community you've built. And, and this is something that, yeah, we're looking for places to go, uh, not just to be able to find community and other people that we can feel, you know, safe and, and, you know, respected around. Um, but we got to get the hell off of big tech. Uh, that was a, a big drawing point for people coming into um, my political space, which was like, we need to be able to talk without having to use code words and emojis and, you know, mm. upside down letters in order to be able to share what is on our mind without feeling like we got to completely you know, lose our platforms and everywhere that we're publicly visible to people. So I love what you've built and I'm excited to be able to uh, contribute some of my brain. I just saw you got the bridge group going in here. So guys, for the listeners, if you're ever wondering uh, whether or not there's any level of like organization that goes on um, between all of our platforms, I think you'll, I think they'll be pretty happy to know that we've got a, a, a group that we call the bridge and we've got chat group. And again, it's one of those things that it's like, we just got to kind of get together here and figure out what happens. But who's in there? There's there's you, me, Kaylor Betts, Sunit, Andre, Devin, Mark Groves, and Alex. Um, what the heck is Alex's last time? He's an amazing person. He is actually doing a, a big collab with Children's Health Defense, um, which is awesome. But yeah, this we've got this little group called The Bridge. So... Um, I remember you inviting me into the, to this group cause you started it and then you're like, Hey, um, I think you started like a, a zoom call and said, let's yeah. have a zoom call with a bunch of people. And I'm looking at the, who's on the zoom call and I'm like, Oh my God, these are all the rock stars that I follow on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh my God, this is great. And then you're like, Hey, let's start a, 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 a chat group. And then I'm in the chat group and I'm looking at the list. I'm going, Oh my God. It's like, I've been invited backstage to, to like see all the, the rock star reunion tour of, you know, which it's exactly great. how I think we all feel right. in that space, being surrounded by everybody. It's like, wow. Yeah. These are all the people yeah, what that, a privilege. Um, that they give you, uh, yeah, the, the, the courage to, you know, you know, before you say anything, you're just following and watching and seeing and yeah, reposting. Yeah. Um, anyways, it's a lot of fun. So, yeah, I've, I've got a little group going on in our app that uh, maybe we can have some fun with at, at some point. Yeah, I'm excited. It's still private. It's still a private group. This this is just a prime example. Like we're the listeners are you're listening live to a real life example of us just figuring shit out as we go. Um, so I, I guess we can kind of end it here and and maybe with that lesson for the listeners where you know if you feel like you don't know what the hell to do, uh, I get a lot of people saying, like, how on earth can you run what you're running and do what you're doing when the future feels so dark? And I, I get it. There was a period where I was like, I can't even see past 5 p.m. today. And I'm a big vision person. I, I'm a big forecaster. I love seeing, you know, exponential growth in, in, in things and, and businesses and ideas and innovative stuff. And uh, I was at a point where I was like, I don't even know what is going to happen six hours from now. But what we're doing and what so many others are doing, it's, it boils down to self-trust and confidence that if you're paying attention to yourself and if you know yourself and if you trust yourself, you're going to know what to do and when. And it's okay if something doesn't go according to plan, because so long as you trust yourself, you'll figure out what to do then too. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what I think the rest of our lives are going to look like. Right. Um, and that's okay. I think we, we've been born into this society of like, you got to have this like plan. 
to get to retirement. You got to have this plan with all these steps and then you got to know. And it's like, that is completely exploded into a trillion bits, right? Like, I actually don't know. (laughs) I don't know what the future holds, but I know that I've got control over what I can do right now in this moment. And that's about it. It's not, that's not a good feeling for most people. I mean, we want safety and security and, and you know, yeah, my, my wife wants to like own our one little house and our kids grew up in it and always can come back to visit it no matter what. That, that's her thing she's always wanted. And like, I'm like, hey, we might end up in Costa Rica somewhere <laughs> in a hut with a little garden outside. Like, like the world and is a donkey, a, right? And a donkey. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's not easy, but I guess if you come to, to be at peace with the unpredictability of what our lives will be. And uh, you do that by, I, for me, I just, I cling, I just, I find um, gratitude in like the basic things like connection with people. Yeah. And that's really, like I said, with community is like, I had never really thought that I needed community that much or the community that I had was sort of based on like, just sort of uh, fun, good times, but to be a part of something. Um, and if you're like, I consider myself like an extroverted introvert. So like I can be alone with a book I can be locked in a, in a room alone for three weeks and be happier than a pig in shit. That's same. Great. <laughs> but I can then go out and be the life of the party. And Hey, that's great. As long as I can come home and recharge. But um, now I just, I feel like someone who didn't think they really needed community now having now being a part of community and connecting with people that really are value systems align. I'm like, Oh my God, I didn't realize how much I needed this. Mm-hmm. Like and how, Yeah. It's, so. it's, it's a lifeline. It's a life source. I think for a lot of people to tap into, to strengthen themselves, to regain confidence, to um, grow some more courage, to be able to take the next step and whatever it is in their life. And yeah, as someone who was always kind of a community creator and, and a community leader, I always lacked that sense of community around myself. I was always creating these containers for people and people would come into my containers and my space, my events that I used to throw before couldn't do that anymore. Um, And I would create those containers for other people. And I didn't realize how freaking bad, just like you, how bad I needed a space for me to unravel and (laughs) Mm. yes, hot, sloppy mess and, and feel, you know, completely unconditionally accepted in whatever shape or form I, I happened to show up in that day. So um, just thank you for um, using your voice. And, and I, I remember the day when all of a sudden the news broke that this radio host out in Vancouver just went live on air saying all the same things that were in my head. That's how I found you. I didn't know that. I think you and, and Hanan had already found me because I posted a video of me or audio of me bawling my eyes out driving at three o'clock in the morning, trying to find transport somewhere on the highway. I mean, man, oh man, the stories we have, but thank you for, for this conversation. I think that this is a a side of you that people are really going to probably fall in love with you even more over. Um, So thanks for your vulnerability and, and just letting us know like what it's been like behind the scenes. You know, we come out swinging with content and, and ferociousness about our points of view and the, and the content we put out that challenges things. But at the end of the day, we're humans mm. and we've got families and we've got livelihoods. Um, and we're, we're not experts um, at this. This is new for all of us. And we're just doing the best that we can with what we've got, but massive, massive testament to how brave we can feel um, because of the people that are surrounding us right now. So mm. thanks for leading yeah. the way, buddy. Thank you, buddy. The and best. the app, we can get this on, on Apple and Android or just Apple and Android and Android. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so all you weird Android users out there, <laughs> <laughs> haven't forgotten kidding. about yet. just kidding. That's I don't great. like yeah. either of them. I'm going to make my own phone. Right. <sighs> Please do. We, we need someone. I think Andre is going to start building airports or something. So someone's got to get on a phone. We'll figure Good. this out though. This is, this is all about our own, <laughs> our own lane. It's going to be like a, a separate, kind of like a breakaway civilization, you know? Yep. Yeah. Parallel, parallel society. That's right. Awesome. That's what we're best. doing. Thanks so much, kid. We'll chat with you soon. See you soon. Cheers. See you, Sarah. Bye everyone.
Thanks for listening to this episode. If you need support to grow or start your business online, be sure to connect with me at www.businesswithsarah.com forward slash connect or send us an email at team at businesswithsarah.com. If you love this episode, be sure to share it with a friend and leave a five-star rating on your favorite platform to help me reach more listeners. Until our next chat, be courageous and take some action. Thank you.